0: to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. This show is going to be something for you to pay attention to because today's guest is a United States Air Force veteran. He's a sag after actor, as well as a screenwriter. He has pursued theatrical career uh, refining And adding to his beautiful color palette of skills by attending the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, uh, Bill Alderson's Meisner technique training class, as well as Ann Jackson's scene study class. I've got to tell you, though, there's something really exciting that many people may not know, but he trained also as a filmmaker and a screenwriter and taught the introduction to screenwriting at Bell Theater School theater school. He is very well known for his noteworthy roles in off-Broadway plays, such as The Trial uh, on He, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about his role in that, as well as King Henry. He's also captured the attention of many with his star role in the off-Broadway production of Spring Awakenings and is known for numerous television roles that have been released on major networks such as History, Discovery, Arts and Entertainment, and ABC. He's received a Best Actor nomination at the Domani Vision Film Festival for his role as a gunslinger. Um, I'll let let him tell you a little bit about that, as well as writing, co-writing a screenplay Seventy nine parts. Here's something really spectacular, though, because there's so much that he's done. But I personally have had an opportunity to see something that is just really captivating. But he has wrote and performed in the Curse of Booth, as well as starred and wrote the wait for it the confession the confession of John Wilkes Booth. So he was was John Wilkes Booth. In addition to that, he's written a novel called A Long Time Ago, Dreams Never Die. They just sometimes get put on hold, which is available on Amazon Books. So with all of these things, he's got this inner passion, which is so right for what we're doing and what we talk about here in Rebecca Sounds Reveille, because he likes to bring life bring to life dynamic ideas and just messages that really can captivate and make changes in people's lives. So with us today, I'm excited to introduce to you our guest, John Romaine. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. I'm, I'm honored and glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Oh, we are so excited to share so many things about what you're doing. You have such a passion. You do things that are so noteworthy and engaging for people to be captivated with a message that you try to just bring to life. And we're excited to hear about all of these things. How did you get started in entertainment?
1: Well, I, I was, uh, an air force vet. Uh, I, I gone, I enlisted right after high school. And then I realized that, um, The Air Force life and the military, the longevity of of an Air Force career just wasn't for me. And so um, I fell into acting strictly by accident because um, I was looking for something to do. And I was reading the newspaper one day and I saw this ad in the help wanted or in the uh, classified section. And it said actors seeking actors for film video workshop and this was in anchorage alaska of all places so i thought now this is something totally different than what i'm used to i called the guy i said i'm very interested in participating in the uh in the in the workshop and he gave me the particulars and all this and all the information i needed and as soon as i hung up the phone I realized that this was for me, that this is something that I it it was just in a moment, an epiphany that I found my calling. And then it just took off after that. I mean, it's been a long road and it still continues to be a haul. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm more clear of my purpose and objectives and what I really want to do with my life in regards to being an actor and a filmmaker.
0: This is really exciting because there's so many things that you have done that are just tremendous and so prolific. And most recently, something that I have seen that really is quite engaging historically and on many levels, genre-wise, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But I think something that you said is really important. You felt and you heard this calling and you knew right then I mean like it was just sometimes I think we dismiss things that we hear or we feel and question them and say oh maybe maybe I was just sort of in the moment or um, and even when it that type of thing comes to mind I have heard people say things like, I knew I should have done that for the last 50 years. And I just, I nice. kept stuffing it down or I had um, this thing come up or that thing come up. And I wasn't able to put my attention where it needed to be to get me there. But ultimately, people kind of know so, sometimes in life that there are places that we should do or something that we should further pursue. And you knew right then. and you A greater purpose.
1: Now. Yeah. A greater purpose. Uh, you, you know, it's we all have that. And I was fortunate enough to to listen to what was going on in me. Um, I, I had initially wanted to be a baseball player, but I realized that. Sports, like anything else, is a, is a calling and you really have to be tremendously gifted to do that. Um, I had yet to discover the gifts in acting and drama, but the passion and the commitment to pursue that was burst in me at that moment. And therefore I knew that I, I would have the discipline and the commitment to see it through.
0: So this is a something that I think applies across the board, discipline and commitment, because to really pursue anything whether it's something that we do because we feel a love for it or that it's a calling or it's something that we just decided that this is what we're going to do to really hone our skills and be really good at whatever it is we have to have discipline we have to have commitment we've got to train ourselves to continue to grow in whatever it is that we're doing. And I like that you've done that because you've done this on a number of different levels from going to theater and transferring that over to screen. Not many people will pursue both of those, those arenas in entertainment. They will pick one and stick with it, or they might try one of them and say, you know what? I like theater better because I am able to be a little bit more animated or you know boisterous in my vocal um persona that way as and it's different when i go to screen because there's post-production if i make an error uh i can not worry about it because uh, i you know i can have another another take
1: or something well like. you know you have to start where you are um not everybody who says i'm going to be an actor can just automatically jump into screen roles and lead parts or supporting roles. You have to start where you are. And fortunately, where I was in, in Anchorage, Alaska, I was mentored there by a, a Robert Pond who took me under his wing because he saw something in me, started giving me uh, small but uh, significant roles in plays. Therefore, it, it created a footing for me mm-hmm. and allowed me to have the confidence to pursue Uh, greater, greater roles and eventually come to New York because I knew that the only way that I was going to, uh, you know, make my bones, so to speak, as an actor was to work all the time. And theater was the ever-present opportunity for me. And therefore, I did that. I did as many shows as I possibly could. I think I did in a year and a half, I did eight shows before I felt like, okay, He told me I needed to go to New York. I went to New York. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I then started pursuing small parts in films. I did student films because, again, I was an unknown. I I wasn't in the Screen Actors Guild Union, so it wasn't like I was being considered for anything major. So I had to do what was available to me. And I think an actor uh, always has to keep working whether they're doing a student film or a small play, uh, the, the work and the commitment has to be the same as if you're in a big budget, $100 million film or a Broadway play. You have to bring that, your game, whatever the venue is, you have to keep bringing it because it's about that commitment. It always has to be about the work. And that to me was always the main motivator, the work.
0: I really appreciate that you're sharing that because oftentimes I think there are some people who get into the industry and this can be anywhere really but they get in and they don't put their aim game on they're there to socialize or they're hoping that whatever it is is turned into a network and their skills haven't been refined they're not adding to their toolbox of talent whatever whatever uh, industry that they're in, but specifically, right. they co- they show up on set, let's say, and there's an expectation that they're just going to have stardom immediately. Or if they're at um, another type of Um, event that someone that's in the hierarchy is going to notice them and they're not being known for their skills. And unfortunately, when we're in a area where we want to be recognized, we do have to bring our A game on. We have to constantly be enhancing uh, all of the things that we can to bring to the table something that nobody else can bring. And that's what sets us apart.
1: I agree. I agree. To me, first of all, um, you can't go into this thing if you're going to be totally committed to a career in the theater and film business. You can't put a limit on the time that you're going to say in 3 years i do this and if it doesn't happen i'm out that's if it's true. something that's inbred in you and i think of it as a calling for me it's not something that i could easily dismiss based on time or the pages of a calendar turning to me it's all about fulfilling the calling that's inside of me and if you're willing to commit to the to the work uh eventually the opportunities will come, but many people clog up the opportunities because their motivations are different. Some are doing it for money. Some are doing it for all a myriad of reasons that have nothing to do with the work. And I think and I think for me, because I've always been an, an outsider, I, I, I never had the major connections. I I didn't have the the massively. Uh, great looks that just, oh, people open the door and they let me in. I, I, I wasn't wealthy, so I didn't have the opportunities to buy my way in. Um, I had to show them that I may not have all of those other things, but he does have the commitment and the skill to really do what he says he's going to do, and that is to fulfill the, the demands of the role. And so that I knew was going to take time. And so that I've been in this for gee, I want to age myself, but it's been over 25 years. And even though I've had moments of a breakthrough, like just a moment to be on a network show or, or to do a, a wonderful play uh, there have been a lot of times in between those so-called breakthroughs that nothing was happening. And so you have to just continue to keep working, continue to do scene work, continue to study, continue to watch movies, continue to do the things that keep the juices flowing. Because it's easily it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to allow yourself to be bummed out by the lack of opportunity or breakthrough. But if you know your call to this and if you know you're, 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 there is a greater purpose than just getting a breakthrough because actors are a dime a dozen i don't mean to diminish that but actors that stand out that have something to say that are significant that actually make a point of of saying and doing something even with the smallest of roles are rare and i am i want to be the type of actor that when they walk into the room they're going to say now We have an actor who's going to really bring his game and it raises everybody's um, level. I remember just last year we were I was doing a play with Rich Little. And uh, we were doing the trial on the Potomac. It was an off-Broadway piece. I was uh, playing G. Gordon Liddy and Rich Little was playing Richard Nixon. And we were doing the initial table read. And. um, As an actor, I always, even on a table read, I do slight preparation so that it looks like that I'm bringing it, you know, that I take the table read seriously. Yes. Well, the other actors were doing their scenes and then my scene came up. And I remember (laughs) I remember doing the scene and all of a sudden the table was silent. And everybody was just looking at me as I was doing my scene uh with the particular actors in that scene and I was just living it out and I remember afterwards the the director said to me he pulled me to the side and said if you bring that to opening night we'll be happy and so it was it was spectacular the actors shook my hand they wanted to know who I was and I just said you know it's wait till I really work on it (laughs)
0: Well, and I can tell you, I mean, I was absolutely mesmerized and just captivated in the first few seconds of a film that has just now been released that you're working on getting out there even more so. And when we spoke and you had said it was a play, I was, I just really... I was ready for something else. And I'll tell you what, I was, I mean, instantaneously drawn in. And I think that an actor that can do that, I mean, that says so much about their abilities. It's when you went, let me just go back. When you were talking about how other people have come into fame because of either a connection
1: or, Wealth,
0: yeah, yeah, wealth or whatever it is. the The challenge I see with that is they don't capture my attention. I can tell when there's a good actor, and I become part of that script.
1: Right. And
0: as an audience member, I'm in it. I I don't see or hear the distractions of things going on around me. I'm not interested in looking at my phone or. If the dog is barking or whatever these distractions are, or even having to get up to go to the restroom, I am immersed in everything that is going on and I'm paying attention and I'm feeling the emotions along with the actor and other actors that are in it. And that's, I have this tunnel vision because I'm in it. And when someone can do that, especially for me, because I, I don't, have ADD or maybe ADHD, or maybe I do, but I am very busy and I'm always thinking and creating and doing these things. If I can lose myself in an hour and a half or a half an hour or in the first 15 minutes, that says something about the skills that an actor has. And I'm drawn and that's it. That's it for me. I'm following them forever because they're giving me, and that's, I think what most people can relate to when they're watching something as they can get into something and become part of that. You do that in this film.
1: Well, I, f- I figured it this way, Rebecca, that you and I wouldn't even be having this discussion if I hadn't, because I think that comes, there comes a point where you, you make a decision to want to meet the right people in your career. You, you shed off the old and you want new people to come into your life. And people come into your life. And the only thing you have, the only thing I have to present to you or to anyone is the work. And if that doesn't do it, then I wouldn't want the relationship to work out anyway, because I don't have anything else to offer. Sure. And so the work is it for me. And what you saw in the confession of John Wilkes Booth was a 20 year. uh odyssey of just living this rollout in various stages of production, from uh, a stage presentation to stage readings to uh, just a scene study. And it was just a long time for that to happen. And I do believe that pain and experience, which probably people don't want to hear, play into Uh, A person's depth uh, and they're able then to uh, convey in their performance that same pain and experience. And it resonates because uh, everybody feels a certain amount of pain and experience in their life. And so if they are not relating, they're they're able to relate to the character simply on their own experience. And I think that that's what I want to do, to be able to draw people in because we're all, we're all people that carry these things. And I just want to be able to convey that pain and experience and hopefully touch the viewer with that emotion.
0: I think you have captured it. And I think you've delivered it on a lot of levels. And I think in this, just in this alone, people from all types of arenas in this world, from historians to people who like plays, for people who don't, they like film. Right. I I think there's just so many different uh, areas of life that people are going to come from and be able to identify with this very, very easily. And I am excited about the fact that they can see it now on a couple of different platforms and they can watch it right now. I mean, if they're listening to us and they have another device available, they can already be you know, <laughs> turning it on and getting it ready so that as soon as they're done, they can they can
1: transfer that over. Uh, and it is, it is available on numerous, streaming platforms, Um, but the the whole idea is that the story, uh, even though we shot the play, basically it is a play, it is not like a live action feature which currently we are developing for a later time which we can have another discussion later. But this is was basically, I wrote a play on this event uh, sort of in, in line with Edgar Lee Masters' Spoon River anthology of a character who, on the last day of his life, sees ghosts appear from his life uh, and he has communication with them. And this was John Wilkes Booth. And uh, we, I mean, we take the liberties of that. as a creative expression, but it, it falls in line with what we want to say. And it is a play. So it's not to be mistaken or confused as a movie, but still the performances ring true. And I think that um, if people would allow themselves to get caught up in it, because it is high concept, we're talking about civil war, we're talking yes. about uh, a conspiracy, assassination, uh, Abraham Lincoln, all of these things that are people are interested and still, interested on i think we cover these things and i think that there is a also a supernatural sense to this play um and i think it, it 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 covers a myriad of formats and narratives that people like whether it's supernatural whether it's civil war whether it's uh assassinations uh john wilkes booth all of it and it's and it's covered and it's conveyed very well and i'm very proud of the play having written it I'm very proud of it, and I'm very proud of the character that is conveyed because I do I do age in it uh, from Booth's heyday to the very old man at the end, and so um, I'm I'm proud of it, and I'm and I'm ex- exceedingly happy that people are uh, motivated to comment on it. Yes,
0: yeah. I I am just. I am so captivated by every part of it. I think that you are incredible as an actor in there. I think the makeup artist who transitioned uh, the different phase of John Wilkes Booth is, I mean, absolutely masterful. You would really not know any different. There's sometimes you'll see it artistry where uh, you can tell that it hasn't um. It'd been really flush. This is all very real. Everybody that is in the cast, they know their lines. They're delivering these inflections and the intonations at the right time. Everything about it is incredible. I think I shared that with you before, but maybe I didn't go in depth on that part. And I've got to tell you, I mean, it's just it's it's really refreshing Because you can just get this tunnel and become part of it. And you're talking about, look at the difference in time. I mean, we're in 20, I won't give it because it's an evergreen show, but uh, we're in the 20, you know, 20,000 something. And that took place when? And you can just picture yourself in that era.
1: Well, that's that. All has to do with the team that I had with Chelsea Lesage and Dan uh, Gwinden, who were with uh, Golden Grand Piano, Um, and then the makeup and then the stage presentation was directed by Josh Cohen, and he he put my makeup on, and so it was a a tremendous team effort. And I would not been able to do it without them and without the collaboration of the actors. I mean, to be honest with you uh the script is on a written page and it and, and unless an actor gives voice to it, it dies. But all of these wonderful actors uh gave voice to it and they made it come alive and they make these words sound better than they do just being read.
0: Well you know? and the can the, the cameraman actually I, I mean did these close up shots at, at, at times where you knew that it needed. There's one I can remember that the actor and I'm not going to give out too much because I really want the audience to go and see if they can pick up some of these things that they or that we're alluding to. And here. here's one of them. There was an actor who was basically talking to the audience at a podium. So that they can be inspired, I felt like I was sit, I was right there, standing in the crowd, listening to that. <laughs> Everybody, every actor, I mean, all the way through it, you could be right there. If there was two people that were a son and a mom talking together, you could feel like you were a fly on the wall in that
1: in that room maybe in there's a scene there's a scene cabinet. with the preacher there's a scene with the preacher um and you feel like as he's elucidating on his sermon you you feel like you're in church listening to the service and so listening to his um wonderful message i i just thought that that every one of those actors took the time to grab behavior and to grab emotion and to use themselves in all of that and deliver these words that became, I you know, having written it, it, it they, they're words, but they made them sound beautiful to me. Yes,
0: I, I really and, it was brought to life. It, brought it was to just life, just yes. Brought to life. And I... I know we have so much more, John, that we can talk about. And I really want to go into some of the other things that you have done right now. I want all those that are watching and listening to be able to say, "Okay, I want to know more about John, but I also want to know about what they're talking about and I want to go see it. So I'm going to have you back on the show to talk about some more of your work but let's Thank give the you. audience. Yes, absolutely. Let's give the audience some links to how they can connect with you and where they can go see this.
1: Sure. Well, they can see uh, the links are available on. Uh, you can go to the. Uh, let's see, the Confession of. Um, no, wait a minute. It's called the Curse of Booth on Facebook. The film has its own link. It's called the Curse of Booth on Facebook. If you send, if you message me, John Remain on Facebook, I will send you every link uh available. It's on six separate sites yeah. for streaming. Uh you can contact me on Facebook through Messenger. You could contact me um you could you could view some of the other work that I have on johnremain.com or you could reach out to me on Instagram at JohnRemainOfficial.
0: And I want to thank you so much, John, for being here and sharing so much with us. I'm excited for all of you who've been tuning in every week to definitely get connected. I'm excited to share all of this about John. Get connected with him. Make sure that you let everybody know on social media, your friends, your family, and everybody that you don't, that we're inviting you all to be part of this as well. Thanks for tuning